It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 76. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We have a great one lined up for you this week. Thank you for clicking and thank you for listening. We'll start the episode by talking to Golden Gopher women's golfer Emma Carpenter, who we have so much to talk about. She's a top-notch golfer, a social media influencer through golf, a major award winner in student journalism, a familiar face to Big Ten Network viewers, will be competing in the U.S. Women's Amateur Tournament soon, and is returning for an extra year of eligibility with the Gophers. So quite a lot to discuss. We'll do that shortly, and you'll enjoy it. We'll also hit on Gopher men's basketball here in Episode 76. Members of the Gopher men's basketball team had a fun night this week at Target Field at an event called Create a Memory. For more than 30 years, the annual event has allowed children from Minneapolis and St. Paul to take part in fun events, first at the Metrodome and, of course, now at Target Field. Hundreds of kids took part in the event this week, which included baseball and softball stations, a tour of Target Field, autographs from participating celebrities like the Gopher men's basketball team, and much more. I stopped by the festivities and had a quick chat with four different Gopher basketball players, all from Minnesota. We hit on a lot of things, so stick around. You'll hear from Dawson Garcia, Pharrell Payne, Parker Fox, and Braden Carrington. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone, and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit Sunbelt Minnesota.com or TNMA.com today. We're thrilled to be connected to this great company dedicated to servant leadership. We're also glad to have Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union with us on the Go Gopher podcast. Affinity Plus is your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. You can find out more at affinityplus.org slash go gophers. They have a top-ranked mobile app, so check that out as well. Affinity Plus is one of the very best Golden Gopher supporters. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland and champlininsurance.com. We're podcasting episode 76 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to click that subscribe button and free to listen at any time. You can go back and listen to past podcasts. That includes last week's episode, which featured a great in-depth conversation with Gopher football recruiting guru Daniel House from gophersguru.com. We invite you to go back and have a listen if you missed it. Lots of great stuff there. This week, it's episode 76, and we tee off, so to speak with gopher women's golfer emma carpenter right now on the go gopher podcast episode 76 of the go gopher podcast it's my pleasure to welcome to our podcast gopher women's golfer emma carpenter and we have so much to talk about we have things to talk about as her career as a sportscaster her career as a golfer a podcaster an influencer you're busy (laughs) (laughs) that's right i sure am i sure am busy but wouldn't have it any other way yeah well thanks for coming on thank you so much for having me happy to be here you have so much going on. I'm not really sure where to start. So I'm going to start with your big award that you just won because um, I, you know, I'm in the media as well. So it's it's pretty cool. So for those that don't know, you do a lot of the Big Ten Network student broadcast on BTN Plus. Sometimes it's actually on BTN. Sometimes it gets replayed on BTN. Um, I watched so many of your volleyball broadcasts last year. It was it, it was amazing. Um, Thank and I don't you. mean I don't mean, so I don't mean I don't mean I don't mean this to sound like disrespectful to most student broadcasters, um, but when I watched it, I, it was it didn't seem like a student production. If that sounds 
Wow, you know? that is was, so nice of you to say. <laughs> yeah, I could tell you were well prepared. You knew the game. You must you must have played volleyball. I did. Yeah. I did play competitive volleyball. Yeah, because I, I I was watching. And I'm like, yeah, she's she has the lingo down. She she strategically knows what's going on because I don't. And and so I learned a lot. And you worked with with Meredith a lot. And yeah, Meredith is she's awesome. Good too. You she's guys, so good to work good with. Teamwork. Yeah, that's so nice of you to yeah. say. Oh my gosh! Well, I really hope this fall that we're going to get to do a lot more games together. Yeah. Um, definitely, my favorite part too was uh, when Meredith and I called a couple games for um, on ESPN Plus for the. Um, Excuse me, the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So we got to call uh, a game in the first round and the game in the second second round. So that was so cool. Oh my gosh, I was like so nervous, but definitely, uh, yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned like just how you can tell when a sportscaster knows the game. Yeah. Because I told my boss right away when I started working, you know, on the student broadcast, I said I'm happy to do whatever sport. I, you know, I just want to get as many reps, as many at bats as possible. Um, I'll do whatever sport. I'll study I'll make sure that I'm as prepared as possible and know the game and it's so funny like I would study up on baseball or basketball and I'm like you know maybe I didn't know as much as I thought I did <laughs> there's so much more that you yeah. gotta know you gotta know everything before you just show up ready to call the game <laughs> yeah you do but but it, it comes quickly and then as you mentioned just to get the reps then you learn and and you and you move on for sure in, in terms of of progress and then you can see each broadcast, you can um, see improvement, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's funny. I got asked a question on a different podcast once. What's the most embarrassing thing you've ever said on the air? And I was like, I have to tell you one thing? Yeah. Like, I guarantee, <laughs> I couldn't even think of one. I was like, I guarantee you there's at least five times where I had a little slip up or like, oh, I mean, this person, not that yeah. person. Like, it happens so easily, though. It, so. Well, and I always say, like, people, and I'll, I'll, you know, we mess up, too, on our radio broadcast or whatever. But for a football broadcast, I'm on the air for six hours. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So. So if you can find anyone who's going to talk for six hours and not mess something not up, good luck, right? Right, so, totally. Um, and sometimes I'll say something and somebody then later will say, you know, you said that. And I'll say, no, I didn't. <laughs> and I go back and listen. I'm like, I did say that. And I and so sometimes you just talk and you don't even realize it. Or what I'll do sometimes is mix up names with uh, – they might have the same first name as another player that I – you know, that played for the Gophers 10 years ago. Right, you know? right. And oh, all of a sudden gosh. you're calling the guy by the wrong first name or whatever. But anyway, back to – so I set that as a backdrop with your background, um, not just as a golfer, but as a broadcaster now on the BTN and, as you mentioned, ESPN Plus, that you recently won the Lisa Byington Award, which is given each year to the Big Ten student broadcaster who – is I guess does everything so well. Um, it's a it's a female broadcaster each year, and I think this is what the third or fourth year now. So that this the, is actually the second year. The second yeah. year. So you're the mm -hmm. second ever winner. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw the video um, where she was on a Zoom with you, and oh my gosh, how funny was that? I was like so tongue tied. <laughs> were you were you caught off guard? Did you know what the? So I didn't even know she would be on the call. I got an email that said, "Hey Emma." Um, you know, thanks for applying to the Lisa Byington Award. We had so many applicants this year. We just wanted to ask you a few questions. You want to hop on a Zoom call? Uh, maybe like whatever, someday next week. It was from a woman named Betsy who works for BTN. And um, I said, absolutely. Thank you so much. Whatever, planned a time. And then um, we got on the call and then she said like, Emma, thanks so much for coming on the call uh, and answering a few questions for me. Uh, we had so many applicants this year. But first, you, before I ask you some questions, I just want to have one more person on the call. And you know how when someone joins a Zoom call, yeah. it's like the blank screen just says their name? Yeah. So it said Lisa Byington. I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then she turned on her camera. Hi, Emma. And I'm like, 
<laughs> and then that's kind of where that video yeah. started. Yeah. So. And, and so did you think she was coming on to ask questions as like, hey, you're an applicant for this award, so I need to know? Or did you, when you saw her say, hey, I might, she might be telling me I'm winning this? Or did you no, know for sure? I didn't. So I, <laughs> that's a good question. I still didn't know yet that I, you know, that she was going to present me the, the award. I guess I was thinking maybe she wanted to ask some questions personally. Right. Uh, but gosh, it happened so quickly. And to be honest with you, it's like I afterwards I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to watch the video to see what I even said. <laughs> that happened. That's what I was just oh, talking totally. about. Sometimes you go back like, how did, what, what happened there? So it was, it was great. You could tell you were surprised. Yeah. Very happy. Yeah. Um, the way she, it was the way that Bitsy said, I've, but first I want to have one more person on. Like it, it was meant to be kind of a surprise. I was yeah. like, what is going on here? That's great. <laughs> so what was the process? So you just, you, you uh, sent in some samples of your work and applied or did they, did they ask you to apply or, or how yeah. did you even find so, out about the award? Hilarious story. I actually haven't even told anybody this. Okay. Um, so We're first breaking time, news here. Yeah, breaking yeah. news. First time I'm telling the story. Not that it's all that interesting, but what I, I thought it was kind of funny the way that it ended up happening. So um, I was actually at the Big Ten Championship, the um, our conference championship for golf, and um, it was like the day before the event. And my boss at GDP emailed me and was like, Emma, um, the I don't know if you have heard of the Lisa Byington Award, but this is the second year they're doing it. It's an amazing award. I really think you'd be a great candidate. Um, I know it's short notice, but applications are due tomorrow uh, if you want to apply. I really think you'd be great. Blah, blah, blah. See if you can do it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Wow. What an honor. I, I would absolutely love to. I'm at the Big Ten Championship. I'm playing golf tomorrow. I don't even have my reels done at all. Like, I still have so many games that I haven't pulled samples from. Um, so it was like a real resume, um, essay about what winning the award would mean. And I was like, gosh, what should I do? I kind of asked her. And then she basically said that she emailed uh, BTN and said, uh, we have someone at the University of Minnesota who, yeah. you know, is at the Big Ten Championship for women's golf, wondering if she could have an extension, extension on the yeah, application. Yeah. <laughs> so they said as long as she gets it in by Monday at the end of the day. And I said, amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I will absolutely do that. So, you know, got home. Tournament was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Got home Sunday night and then um, worked on it pretty much all day on Monday. Oh, man. That is so <laughs> to cool. To get it done. And, of course, Lisa Byington got um, – she had been in media. And then when BTN started back in 2000, 2007, she rose up the ranks very fast, oh started gosh. like as a sideline reporter, and then all of a sudden started getting some play-by-play jobs, and now has really uh, turned into a trailblazer. She's doing NCAA men's basketball, national broadcast. She's the Milwaukee Bucks. I think she was the first female full-time uh, TV announcer in NBA history. Now there's a, there's two or three women now. I know Kate Scott's doing the Sixers yep. and, and others. So to have, I mean, it, it's legit that her name is on an award in Big Ten country and on BTN and those kind of things. So um uh, what what was your emotion when then you, you, we saw the video and then did when did it finally sink in that that this uh, major award was going your way? Oh and- my gosh! Well, I mean, yeah. First of all, Lisa is just so amazing. She's truly paved the way for female broadcasters. Like you said, she was the first first play-by-play announcer for men's professional sports. She um, was the first female play-by-play uh, announcer to do any of um, men's March Madness. So, I mean. And, you know, it's funny. So since uh, since we first, you know, became in touch, Lisa and I have 
uh, kept in touch. And uh, she said something that she shared with me is that she actually started out. She said she did local news for 10 years and yeah. she would go out herself. She would bring her own camera. She'd shoot her own footage and then she'd go to the bathroom and put on makeup and whatever and, you know, get ready to report her own yeah. footage herself. It was just, you know, so impressive. And she said, and I loved every minute of it. That's how I knew that I wanted to do it. But um I mean, gosh, it, I was, it was so emotional. I don't know if you could tell, but I was definitely kind of trying to, I was holding back tears in the video and <laughs> something else that was kind of funny and distracting is my parents. So I was sitting in our office at my parents' house actually. And, um, cause I was home for, to play a, a qualifier, a U.S. Open qualifier that week. So it was, this was the day after the qualifier and, uh, I was sitting in my parents' office, in my parents' house, and they were both standing outside the door. It's like a little glass door right there. And uh, they're standing outside the door, like kind of listening to this happen. And then they're like, it's kind of like, oh my God, reacting. And like, they start crying. So I'm like seeing them out of the corner of my eye and like trying to take it all in. And even still, you know, uh, yeah, there were definitely tears and it was so, so exciting. Just, I mean, gosh, I'm so honored, so humbled. Like, really, I... I can't believe it. I, I yeah. truly can't believe it. It's still kind of, you know, sometimes forget that it happened. I think about it and I'm just like, I cannot believe it. <laughs> is the So this is a, a silly question, but we're on a podcast, so why not? Is the award itself, do you have it yet? Do they? Is it like a trophy looking thing or is so, it something you hang on the wall? Yeah, or? so it actually is. Um, I know because uh, the the inaugural winner, uh, Reagan Holgate's her name, she does, uh, she does news in Rockford, actually. Oh. So not too far from my uh, hometown. And she, so I've been in touch with her as well. She sent me a, such a nice message. We've, uh, you know, chatted back and forth a lot yeah. since um, since they made the announcement. But, and she did a little uh, announcement on the air too about the Lisa Byington Award. And she, you know, had hers with her. And it's, yeah, it's this trophy, microphone, <laughs> super cool, super neat. But I mean, I think the real cool part of it is getting to have that experience going to the Big Ten headquarters and meeting everybody and m- meeting Lisa. And I believe like, you know, get a little bit of time in the studio and yeah. just kind of get to have, have this whole experience that day. So, have those really days been set? To. Do you know when you get to We're go? working on scheduling it right yeah. now, but it will be uh, It'll be sometime in August, I think. Yeah, amazing. And um, you mentioned the winner last year. What school in the Big Ten was she? She was Michigan State. Michigan State. And mm-hmm. now she's working in Rockford, Illinois, yep. which is up the road from DeKalb, which is your hometown. Yes, yeah. yes. That's great. Yeah. Uh, is Rockford the TV market for DeKalb, or are you Chicago? Um. Good question. Yeah, I don't. I'm not I sure. Don't I'm That's not sure either. Yeah. Well, know. it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. I'm a geek, so I <laughs> I wonder about those things. Um, and now Lisa Byington was also a Big Ten athlete, right? So I think she's got. You know, I'm sure that there's. I, um, you know what? I believe. Uh, she, so she played both basketball and soccer for I want to say Ohio State. Yeah. Um. And so that was kind of part of her story, too. So that was something that where that was how we connected because or something that we could connect on sure, was that we were both athletes, athletes right? both had a passion for um, sports and <laughs> and talking, you know, right. so ended up working out really, really well. Yeah. And she, I think, uh, went from there then into, as you mentioned, local TV and got this job. I know she had some Michigan connections, too. She may have gone. I'm trying to remember myself anyway. It was it was I, by the way, it, it's Northwestern she, yeah, is what it Northwestern. is. She got so, the job. In Michigan, I think. Yes, and yes, that's how that's what it was. There, so she so. played. So she played uh, soccer and basketball for Northwestern. Yes, got the job at yeah. Michigan, and just yeah, so impressive. Very, very so cool. Impressive. Very cool. Um, and you, now you guys have been in touch a little bit more. Did you know? Had you seen her at different events before you won the award? Um, 
I had not. No, um, this is, you know, that was the first conversation that her and I had ever had. And so nice. She sent me a text message and said, you know, she said on that Zoom call, too, after the recording ended, she said, um, I'm going to send you a text. So we'll have each other's numbers and we yeah. can connect and we can chat. And I was like, well, you're going to be the coolest name I have in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty That's pretty sweet. So, yeah, she's just been so, so warm and so kind and I just, wow, I yeah. couldn't be more thankful, really. It's pretty cool. Now, you, um, well, we're going to talk about your golf stuff here in later in the podcast as well and when you started and when you knew you'd be pretty good. But I want to ask you from a broadcasting standpoint, when did you get an interest, do you think, in wanting to, to be a broadcaster and a sportscaster and, and, uh, and that? Yeah, great question. So uh, I would say towards the end of high school, you know, when you start to think about what you want to do, um, I actually, so I'm really passionate about music, singing, performing. Uh, I was so into theater. I was like a huge theater nerd in high school, was like very in community. I did community theater as well. So I really love to perform. And um, I, uh, I'm a very much a people person. Yeah. Like what we're doing right now, I'd love to chat with people. Part of the reason why I left the podcast as well. So, um, you know, and then I've always been an athlete my whole life. I've always been super, super passionate about sports. So, and I also, you know, my favorite subject in school was um, writing literature. I, I love to write. I love to write stories even. But so it just kind of all, all put together. I was sitting down with my parents talking probably towards the end of high school about what I wanted to do. And my dad said, what about sports broadcasting? You know, and I just said, wow, that's something that I feel like I would really love, something I think I could do. And, you know, I kind of just dove straight into it, you know, <laughs> got to school and then applied for the journalism school and took sports reporting, went really right into it, started working for GDP and uh, started doing this podcast. Uh, at started the podcast, it was in the winter of my junior year, but so... Yeah, that just went for it. And, <laughs> and now, you're, now you've got all kinds of reps. You've got awards, and um, you're getting ESPN and BTN assignments. It's, it's pretty neat. It's funny. When you put it that way, I'm just like, I can't even believe that. It feels like just yesterday. I, I remember sitting down in my first journalism class, and everybody around me just was so, like, had was writing for the Daily. You know, they had all these things that they were doing, and I had, like, no experience like none and I was like oh my gosh how I just feel so unqualified the fact that you know I should be taking notes when just my classmates are even speaking because they have so much more experience than me and to think just a couple years later I really feel like I've gotten so much experience feels really amazing for sure take me back all the way to the first time you were on the air for BTN uh, how nervous were you how did you know to what to prepare for um, how did that all go you know, and something that I feel like you could relate to. So my, fir my first time on BTN Plus was for a softball game for um, what the Gophers playing, U of I. Mm -hmm. And uh, something about sports casting is that it's so difficult. It's so nerve-wracking, really high pressure, but it's so rewarding. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly the way I felt, you know, before, during, and after my very first shift. I was sideline reporting. And... Um, <laughs> And I prepared just like as much as I could, knew everybody on the Gophers roster, everybody to my best of my knowledge on the um, Illinois roster, um, all, like their, all their stats, everything, just everything I could possibly know. Um, it was the second game of a weekend series. And 
um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I remember standing there and it, so it was my first time doing it. Like I've said a million times now, but so it was kind of funny because as they're starting the broadcast, there's, they're doing, um, the lineup announcement over the PA mm-hmm. and, um, the PA was doing lineup announcement and it's so loud. There's yeah. music and they're three, two, one, Emma go. And you know, I went with it. I you know started, came in, welcome in softball fans. Here we go. And it's funny because my mom was actually there. She's standing like five feet away from me and she was recording me all excited. And she said, Emma, I couldn't even hear you talking. How did you like focus? And I was like, mom, I had to buckle down and yeah. do it. But then like watching it all back and so excited sharing it with my friends and family. And they were so excited for me. It was our school. I'm not kidding. Our program, GDP, they are so great. Like I would put us to put us up against any other big town school. I really would. Yeah. We do such a good job with the broadcast. And that's a huge testament to my coworkers and my uh, employers. And like, really, they're so good. I'm just lucky to be a part of it. But so, yeah, like so much preparation. The way that I do it is I like to write a loose script and then I just kind of say it over and over and over again, memorize it. Not too much of a script because, mm-hmm. you know, if you try to write a script and then you start to forget it, then you'll panic. Yeah. So you just need some key points of what you really want to get yep. to. And for me, what really helped is like staying really, really focused on the game and what was going on. The more emotionally invested I was in the game, I felt like the better it came off in the broadcast. For sure, yeah. You know, no just being really kind of passionate about what's going on and what happened and, and this was a critical play this was you know completely shifted the momentum of the game and you know if you if you are watching every single play that's uh just like super super focused on what's going on and who did what then it's really going to translate well i think yeah that's <laughs> awesome and you have so i do radio so i don't have the worry of one how i look um other than you know my people in the booth that might say hey you know wear wear better clothes or something um because that does add a different dimension like i so i only script one thing in my broadcast and the, the, and that's the open yeah so right right off the bat i've pre-written an open um because i want it i want it to sound um i want it, i want it to i want to introduce the listener to um, the game, yeah, and here's what it is. Here's who they're playing. This is what they did last week. This is what they're playing for this week. Here are the stakes. Um, you know, here's who's supposed to win. Here's injuries. Here's the weather. Whatever, right? Right. right. All the football, most important. All that stuff. So, yeah. I, so I, it, it's scripted. Um, I hope it doesn't sound necessarily scripted, but I don't have to worry about the camera because uh, I, I never have been great with that. So I can just read it, um, and hopefully, when I read it, it sounds like it's. You know, it's natural. Um, but that's the only thing I script is the very first thing we read on the air. And then and the rest. You get to read it. And I that's get to read so it. Nice. I don't have to worry about looking at the camera or looking away or whatever. So I don't have to even memorize anything. But it's funny how often the script reads, and I will still kind of ad lib through the script because mm-hmm. even after you write it, and then you get flowing and you have this, you know, take it off to a different tangent or whatever. And then if it's football, Daryl Thompson's my partner. And then, um, you know, I'll pitch to him in the open. He'll mention a few keys and in basketball, Spencer. So it's the same way. But um, I have that benefit of being able to read off the script where I, I, I would um, I would get nervous with that. So you got throwing that curveball right away and you pass the test. Do you find, too, when you watch – so this happens to me sometimes. I'll do um, – I'll think I've messed up a call and then I'll go back and listen to it. And I'm like, ah, it actually wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah. Or I'm like, oh, man, I nailed that call. And then, and then I'll go, go back, back and listen. I'm like, that wasn't quite as good as I thought. Right. Now, sometimes I nail a call and then I listen. I'm like, yeah, I nailed the call. And sometimes I screw something up and I'll go back and listen and say, yeah, you messed that up. But it's it's more than half the time, I bet, 
where you just think you've messed it up and then you listen like, yeah, the listener, if you just listened, you wouldn't know. Because totally. I, I only know what I know. I don't, the listener doesn't know what I know, right? Or, or, even, the, or what I was supposed to say. Oh, exactly. Right? right. They would never, they would never know what you were supposed to say. And two, sometimes I get really nervous that I paused for too long. You know, I feel yeah. like I, I feel like there really can't be any dead air. I need to word after word after word. I cannot take a pause. Then I go back and I'm like, oh my gosh. Or I think to myself, I totally took a long pause. I was yeah. planning out what I wanted to say next in my head, and it probably came across really badly. It trans- didn't translate well. Then I listened back to it, and I paused for like two seconds. Nothing, right? Like, okay, yeah. Emma, maybe if anything, you need to slow down. Right? Yeah, that's what I have found. When I was young, especially, I would uh, rifle through stuff, and it would come way too fast. I had people telling me when I was really young, uh, you know, like your age, doing uh, sportscast or whatever, you have to almost, because I was, I was a fast reader. Mm-hmm. Um, they would say, just, it's going to sound unnatural. You just have to slow everything down. And then you get into a into a routine and a cadence. But it's, um, yeah, that's kind of interesting just in terms of what everyone's comfort level is and 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 you know where you progress from there so right and um, everybody does it differently I appreciate that you asked me about the preparation and kind of how it works and that's why I shared that when I'm doing sideline because sideline is so so different than being on actual call because when you're sideline reporting I mean you got a couple minutes at a time so I I feel like I really have to nail it um, and you know I can't look at anything so I have to kind of memorize it or like really just speak so eloquently, speak so well, uh, right pacing, right timing, get the point across. Also, you know, um, I mean, not that I have a problem with this anyway. I'm sitting here talking with my hands right now. Yeah. Not that you necessarily want to talk with your hands, but, you know, you want to have energy on sure, camera. No question. Um, the same way that you would if you were off camera. But it's definitely different. But, yeah, like you said, when you're off camera, I find it a lot easier to to relax and kind of uh, just just let it flow. It feels a lot more natural. Yeah. Lisa actually, you know, so such a really, really cool thing that uh, came along with winning the Lisa Byington Award was getting feedback from her personally. So she, lo- she looked at all my reels, or she looked at my broadcasting reels and uh, looked at all the clips, obviously, watched the whole thing. And she said that, uh, she said that, Actually, there was a couple times when I was calling call for volleyball when they cut to the announcer cam. So we were on camera mm-hmm. for a few minutes and she said, it's so funny. You actually looked so comfortable when you were sitting in the in the play by play chair as even some of the times when you were on camera for sideline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's... do you think your theater background helps with that? Um, I mean, it's hard to say that it wouldn't help yeah, yeah. the way that I would think about it, I guess. Um, I never really had any actual like theater coaching. I just loved it so much, but maybe it's different because in theater in theater you're playing a role. Um, but I will say that something about theater that's different than film if we're talking about acting is that when you're on stage and you're trying to, you know, perform for the person in the very back row, mm-hmm. you want to be super animated, you want to really um really act. So I would say that like more so I'm just an energetic person in general, so it kind of <laughs> was kind of easy for me just by nature, but definitely I like to bring 
tons of energy yeah. to the to the broadcast, whether I'm on camera or off camera. Yeah. And maybe even that theater background, just that you're comfortable performing or comfortable on camera exactly. or whatever. Is that, that's probably, you know, like I said, in radio, I don't have to worry about the camera. I don't think I'd be great on camera because I, I'm, I'm, I don't have that comfort level. But man, on radio, and look, if people don't think I'm any good, that's fine. But I just oh. feel like I'm you're great. Like I'm like I feel good. Like like when the game starts, I'm ready to go. I've yeah. got the prep. One of the things too. So um, you mentioned like when sideline, you have less time. Right. So when I first started, even the, with the Gophers, so I've been here now 18 years. But when I first started doing Gopher basketball, my first few years here, I would prepare and I'd have all these notes. And then I felt, gosh, I put all this work in. I got to get all these notes in in the broadcast. And so sometimes I'd go just go through these notes like you know, stats or win streaks or whatever. And sometimes they didn't have to do with the game, but I wanted to get them on. And then I would, and, and, you know, in radio we have sponsored features and triggered features and live reads and the color commentator. And then it's a fast moving game and we're cluttered enough, I guess. Right. So I got to the point where I go back and listen, I'm like, gosh, I, I don't, I don't, I need to still prepare. I'm going to do all – so I've never changed my preparation. I have all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And if something in the game now fits, oh, this 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 info that I have prepared with now fits the game, I'll use it. But right. I'll bet I only get to 50% of the stuff I've prepared now. And I'm totally at comfort with it, which I wasn't early. I'm like, i got right. to get this in. I worked. I prepared. And I wonder, like, when you're doing sidelines, you got – sometimes you might have – they might say 30 seconds. And you've right. got – You've prepared hours of info. Do you feel like you got to cram it in, or are you at a comfort level now where you're just going to get the best 30 or 40 seconds that I'm going to go? Definitely. And if there's stuff left in the bag, it's left in the bag? Yeah, that's a really, really good point. So I would say that when I've been on sideline, I always want to challenge myself too. Like, I'm like, wow, there's there, this is really interesting, and I could get to this, and I could start talking about this person's stats. And I, I have all of these things that I want to say, kind of exactly how you're talking about. The next thing you know, I've got like a minute and a half and they're like, okay, Emma, so you're going to have about 30 seconds. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to cut this down and, uh, you know, do things a little bit differently. So uh, I would say that sideline too is what's the most important thing about sideline is just what's most crucial is what are you going to add to the broadcast that play-by-play and color aren't already doing or haven't already said? Mm -hmm. You know, what can you add to the broadcast that um, made it, special as if there wasn't a a sideline reporter there you know you don't want it to be like oh we could have gone with or without the sideline reporter like no we needed the sideline reporter we needed that hit because it added so much so it's kind of like what can you do to do that and if you have 30 seconds you have 30 seconds you got to find something to say in 30 seconds that's going to be uh of good value to the broadcast so um i would say that that's kind of the biggest challenge but it it can be kind of neat at times to be like okay you know i'm gonna pick a couple of things that i want to talk about and i'm gonna i'm gonna really hit it so also i would say preparing as a a play-by-play commentator as opposed to a color commentator Mm -hmm. is extremely different. When I'm a play-by-play, I would say like 80% of my preparation is being able to recall every person's like name, hometown, year, and their best stat or something Mm -hmm. within a second. So uh, when I walk around before games and I mean, I just absolutely stalked the life out of these people before I got there (laughs) and I just walk around and I'm like okay that's this person now I'm gonna like stare at them weirdly for a minute or two to just like really lock in who they are and everything I know about them so then that way on the broadcast I can just watch and enjoy the game and on play-by-play and have all of like their stats and everything ready to go and then because I'm so I have a really good memory I would say uh, just in terms of like what happened 
So then uh, on play-by-play, it's easy to just kind of talk about what trends have been going on throughout the game and then a lot of the really just kind of key stats that we wanted to get in anyway. Yeah, for sure. No no doubt about it. So um, as you got through the season last year, how was it to volleyball now I'm talking, Mm -hmm. um, where the team was doing really well? Do you get emotionally attached a little bit to – you're you're different than me. I'm doing the Gopher radio broadcast, so everyone listening, most everyone listening, wants the Gophers to win. Right now, you're doing Gopher broadcast as well, but Unbiased. there are, you know, there's a you know there's Illinois volleyball fans watching as well. It's a it's a it has to be a little bit down the middle. But do you did you find yourself too, at least internally, getting caught up with um, the success the you know, your school's teams having, how, how did you handle that? 100%. And you know what? I will say something else is like the venue, you know, it, when we're at the PAV and it explodes when the Gophers yeah. get a point, it's hard to, when the other team scores to, you know, be able to give that exact same energy when sure. the room is flat. Yeah. So um, I would say that the biggest thing too, it's really important to remain unbiased. It's not even something that you can kind of push the line of, you got to be unbiased. And, um, for me, I would definitely say like, I'm rooting so hard for the Gophers. You know, it was kind of, it was kind of easy at, especially, you know, most of the way through the season because they were winning, scoring so many points. Like I was giving them the credit that they deserved on the broadcast. So that just made it all more fun. Uh, but definitely I think there was once or twice where I said like, Oh, like unfortunately goes in the net. And then it's like, Oh my gosh, I can't say that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you know, that's a good question. That's a good point. I guess, you know, uh, especially to being an athlete myself, I know a lot of these players and I'm just pulling so hard for them, but, um, sports are sports and you, as a sportscaster, you have to give credit where credit's due. And, you know, if there was a really good point or, um, you know, run or, whatever it's yeah. goal, whatever it may be from the other team, then you got to give that exact same energy and that exact same credit. So how did you and Meredith get to have such good chemistry? Cause it's, it's so good. That is so nice. And you know what? I think that like why that means so much that you say that is because I feel like we do too. For sure. No question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, gosh, well, I mean, first of all, she's just a great woman. She's so easy to be around. She's super fun to work with and she's just, she's so nice and complimentary. Really. She makes me feel so comfortable. Um, we chat a lot before the game, just about everything that we want to talk about, everything we want to get done. And, um, you know, she, I've asked her for tips. She's given me some feedback at times because, you know, I started out in, uh, first few games and then had got to the point where we were doing a lot together. And I would say very quickly though, um, very quickly, we did just kind of, uh, we had great chemistry on the air, just mainly because like I said, she's so, she's so easy. And I just think we got along really well. Um, I think the two people can be great sportscasters, but maybe they're not necessarily great together. They have different styles. You know, what was so great about her too, is she played for the Gophers and she had that really good analyst perspective. Mm -hmm. And because I played volleyball myself, I think that she really respected that as well, that, um, that I knew the game and we could chat a lot about the game and kind of our opinions and what was going on rather than me saying what happened and Meredith explaining it. It's like, kind of like we both had value to add. Obviously she played at a much higher level than I did. Uh, but just, it made for a lot of really great, uh, back and forth on the air. So what other sports you said, baseball, softball, what other what other sports have you so done? So I have done uh, on BTN Plus for the Student U program. I've done volleyball, baseball, softball, uh, women's basketball, soccer, 
and women's hockey. Wow. I believe that's all of them. And so did were, did you have a pretty good grasp on most of those sports or did you have to yeah. take a crash course in some? Yeah, I, oh, trust me, I did. Um, you know, I would actually say probably, I would say baseball. I studied the most uh, just on lingo because mm-hmm. I haven't necessarily fall. I've <laughs> watched uh, the Cubs a lot in yeah. 2016 when they won, won the World Series. I'm a Cubs fan, but otherwise, I don't really follow the MLB a whole lot. Right. So, it was, and I knew, I mean, I knew all the rules, but I just didn't necessarily know the lingo. I was like, I can't get on the air and not know how to talk to the fans. Right. So that was more what I studied. I was on the phone with my dad's really good buddy who played college baseball <laughs> like before my first call, just kind of talking his ear off, picking his brain about uh, the lingo and stuff. And then um, hockey as well. You know, I uh, didn't follow a lot of hockey before coming up here. I wasn't as big of a hockey fan. But since moving up here, obviously that's changed and got some really, really close friends on the women's hockey t- hockey team and men's hockey team. So uh, they've, I mean, obviously they're really easy to support as well. They're so fun. Their games are so fun to go to. But so definitely had to do, talk to a lot of my friends on the women's hockey team. Like, yeah. hey, I'm calling your game next weekend. Like, yeah. let's, uh, will you kind of like, can I ask you a few questions right. about stuff? So they helped me out a lot That's as good. well. That's great. <laughs> got to uh, do what you got to do. And now, so you, you've you done games on the air, um, and we were at a uh, – obviously, we're doing men's basketball. You did an anthem before a men's game. How many anthems have you done here for Gopher events? You know, good question. I don't even know. A lot, though, good. right? Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, a dozen. Wow. Um, I think so. I th- maybe even more. Um, you know, it's probably – the cool one of the coolest days of my life. The first game that I called on ESPN Plus, I actually sang the national anthem for that game. The volleyball. Yeah, yeah. So I, it was so funny. They reached out asking me I could sing the anthem, and I asked my boss. I was like, "Well, I'm actually on call for this game. What are the odds I could run over, sing it, and then run back to my seat?" And she said, "Okay, because I think we'll go live like 15 seconds after the anthem ends." Holy cow. So <laughs> just kind of sang it and then sprinted back over. But it was so much fun. Uh, I absolutely love doing it. It's such an honor every single time they act like I'm doing them a favor and I'm like you guys are doing me a favor inviting me I love to do this really yeah. <laughs> did you do it a lot in high school too um I did yes yeah. so I did it I did it um for a lot of games at my high school and then I also did it a little bit at NIU in DeKalb and uh um I did it just a, a lot of events just kind yeah. of in the community as well you so. get nervous um or excited now? You know, I don't get as nervous anymore. The first yeah. time I did it for a volleyball game, um, it was for a volleyball game that I actually did it my the beginning of my junior year of college, and uh, I was I hadn't done it in like three years at that point, so I was <laughs> so nervous. Oh my goodness, I was so nervous. But each time I've done it here at the U, I get less and less nervous yeah. for sure, and just more excited and just happy to be there. Yeah, they're so. I mean, they're just like for all of their singers. Or thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for singing for us and you know i'm sure everybody else just like me is like no i'm so happy to thank you for yeah. having me i'm happy to be here <laughs> that's great how do you how do you practice a lot or do you <laughs> well have... i try not to annoy my roommates yeah. so, so a lot yeah. of times i do i practice in my car um the national <laughs> anthem's pretty much the only song in my repertoire anymore so luckily i don't have to work on a lot of other songs <laughs> but yeah so i sing in my car sometimes i sing in the apartment in the shower the normal places yeah. but <laughs> 
<laughs> just you got to you got to give uh, reps just like play by play, right? No, no <laughs> exactly. Doubt about it. Exactly. All right. So we're we're like thirty five minutes into this Go Go for podcast, so we have not uh, hit on um, your golf career yet. So can we talk some golf? Of course. There's All just right. so much to talk about with sports we, casting, we, and you I and know. I could talk we, about this forever. We could, like I said, we could go three hours on this. Um, <laughs> let me let me get a quick sponsor mention in for the podcast, and then we'll talk some golf. Uh, we want to thank Affinity Plus. They are your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. As a current Gopher student or proud Gopher alum, you're eligible to join a financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide, including one near campus right here in Minneapolis. To learn more and find other other ways to connect with Affinity Plus, go to affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus, federal credit union, federally insured by NCUA, and they are a proud sponsor of the Go Gopher podcast. We're with Emma Carpenter. It's episode 76. She is a gopher women's golfer, and we've talked about uh, her great broadcasting career and what a bright future for sure. Um, but you came to Minnesota to be a golfer, right? And you have had a pretty successful golfing career. Um, take me through your career. When did you start? When did you know you were pretty good? And how did you end up at Minnesota? Wow, well, that's super nice of you to say. Um, yeah, I, I did come here to play golf, absolutely. And, um, I mean, the school, this university – Everybody here has just given me so much, helped me so much. I cannot, I really could go on and on and on about how passionate I am about it up here. Like, just love school, love the love the athletic department, love everything. But yeah, I was recruited to play golf. So I started playing golf when, uh, actually when I was 12. And uh, funny story, I don't know if you are familiar with the drive, chip, and putt. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the drive, chip, and putt, the classic competition that uh, youth competition where, you know, you hit a few drives, a few chips and a few putts and they give you a score and then they have like tournament the levels that you advance to like the next event. And um, so uh, my dad. We are, so I've always been a member at a country club with my parents. We live on the Kishwaukee Country Club in DeKalb, mm-hmm. Illinois, and love the place. And But up until that point in my life, I pretty much the only amenities that I used was were the pool. <laughs> that was pretty much the only amenity that I used. So yeah. I was there with my friends swimming around, and my dad came in, pulled me out of the pool, was like, Emma, they got this drive, chip, and putt going on. I was like, Dad, I don't play golf. I What do you mean? He's like, I got your brother's old clubs. And you're 12 like, at this point? I'm 12. Okay. Uh, yes. 11 going on 12, I think. And then, uh, so I'm like, okay, fine. Put on my soccer shirt, my soccer shorts, got my swimsuit soaking through and I show up and you know, everybody, it's a golf course. Everybody's dressed nicely. And I'm like, oh gosh, why am I even here? Long story short, I somehow ended up winning that drive chip and putt just at our local club. And then our head pro walked up to my dad and was like, Hey, listen, like, I think that she's got a little bit of talent. Like you should really keep her in this. So I went to the next, uh, the next stage of the event and I mean, did horrible. Like, was not even close. But <laughs> to anybody else, there it was probably a fluke thing. I even won that first one. But uh, it was, uh, you know, basically, I kind of just my parents. I all the props to them. They really just gave me so much opportunity. So they started putting me in all these youth tournaments right away. And I would say the more I competed, the better I got so quickly. Like I was just getting so much better so quickly solely because I was just competing. They were putting me in all these little youth events. And just the more I played and competed, the better I got. And um, so then it was my uh, 
I started, and they also, something else that my parents did for me is they started taking me on college visits when I was in eighth grade. Oh, wow. So I would basically show up to the school and knock on the door. You used to be able to do this. You can't do it anymore because they changed the rules. But <laughs> I would show up to the school. I would knock on the door and I'd say, hey, coach, my name's Emma Carpenter. I play golf. Uh, I'd love to play here. Can you show me around? And wow. so I started just kind of developing those relationships with a lot of coaches and uh, just recruiting process became really fun, especially when you're not crunch for time. You know, you yeah. started a little bit earlier. Yeah. I uh, would invite them to come watch me play. And then uh, Coach Redmond was the coach here at the time. And uh, it was at the Women's Western Junior that actually John Cleary was the assistant at the time, who I still keep in touch with regularly, yeah. actually. And he uh, was the first big tournament that I was really kind of playing well in. And he came and watched me play and uh, connected with our head pro because he actually was the previous head coach at NIU. A little bit of a connection there. Yeah. Now, our previous men's golf coach is yeah, now the John men's Carlson, golf coach. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So lots of connections yeah. between NIU and DeKalb <laughs> and Minnesota. The tournament too, right? NCAA um, men, uh, NIU. I think, uh, they right? went to regionals yeah, because regionals, they won yeah. the MAC, yeah. and Carlson was coach of the year, so yeah. pretty cool. But so, and they love him there too. So, but so yeah, um, you know, I would say Minnesota was the first big school that was really interested in mm-hmm. me, and that meant a lot. So when the time came, it was actually the summer after my sophomore year, uh, I committed to play here. So. <laughs> Really, the, the really, rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. yeah. And so you've got four. You, you've got four years in. Mm-hmm. But you've decided you you're, you have the extra COVID year, right? Yes, sir. So you're going to use that. Yes, sir. So I mean, you're back next or this coming fall. Yes, it's right? certainly it's certainly felt like a uh, a no brainer actually because um, we got two freshmen in this year who are just unbelievable players, just so impressive, and uh, I like I just. Really, really loved my time here. Had the last couple of years with Coach Rill and Coach Matt, who are wonderful. I just, you know, and I feel like I haven't played my best golf yet. I really do. You know, with COVID, when the end of that first spring, my freshman year, 2020, was cut, I was like, wow, you know, gosh, it'd be great to play another year, but I never planned on staying for five years. I was planned on doing four years, four-year program, whatever. And and then when that fall got canceled, I was like, there's no way I can miss out on this much of college golf. It's just yeah. too great. Yeah. So um, I decided I want to take my fifth year pretty early on. And then, you know, now our team has just really started to get so good and we've played so well. And um, I think that this year is going to be a really special one. So it's definitely not something I was going to pass up. Yeah, because you had two, as you mentioned, two freshmen uh, made the regionals, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Isabella McCauley made the the national tournament, right? That's right. Yeah. Which is, I mean, like if I could even put into words how difficult it is to go to regionals, how difficult it is to go to nationals as an individual, like to go to regionals as an individual, individual, basically you can never play a bad tournament all through college. Yeah. Like you can play some like good to mediocre ones and you need some great ones, but you can never play a bad tournament. That's kind of the criteria to go to yeah. regionals, which I never did. I had, <laughs> I had some good tournaments. I had some bad tournaments. But, um, I mean, Mariana and Isabella are just been playing so amazing and they're such great teammates so great to be around and it's been so much fun but uh so and grace current actually my best friend my my roommate last year uh she missed out regional regionals by just a stroke our sophomore year actually i believe missed it by just one shot basically so it's it's so hard to do and the fact that bella made it all the way to nationals this year it's just like it's 
unbelievable. And Grace is coming back also for next she year. She is, right? yes. Yeah, we're going to come back and we're going to so do it together. This, I mean, this group can, you can make some noise, right? Oh, yeah, you that's think? that's yeah. the plan. That is yeah. definitely the plan. Yeah. Um, well, how is the, you did go through the coaching transition from Michelle to Real. How, is the, how did that go and how is the, uh, how, how is the new uh, regime going? Yeah, yeah, good question. So, I mean, uh, Coach Redmond, Basically, it was during COVID and, you know, made the decision to to retire. And she gave a lot to the school. I really, really respect her as a coach and as a person. I, I loved her very much. And um, Coach Rill came in and uh, brought in because actually so how it happened was our assistant had resigned that spring just before COVID hit. So we were supposed to get a new assistant, but then COVID hit. So then that was on hold. And then Michelle resigned. So then it, we didn't have a coach at all. So then we were bringing in a whole new coaching staff for the spring of our sophomore year. And honestly, the transition probably couldn't have been any more seamless than it was. We, they came in and we started playing well right away we got up to a ranking that spring that was uh better than we'd been in a while so just a testament to what good coaches they are for sure and how much they helped us right away and you know we're very close we're a small team so very easily tight-knit and uh coaches are coaches and teammates they're all like family yeah and now um in the summer you guys kind of can all kind of scatter about and play in different events and do things and you're coming off of a of a great uh, situation where you've qualified for the u.s women's amateur tell us one how you did that and two when that event will now be yes so um the u.s women's amateur is you know the pretty much the the best amateur event that there is um and it's just a the biggest honor ever to play in it um it's been a dream of mine always i played in the qualifiers for the last six years i've been playing in the qualifier every year but what makes it so difficult is it's just one day it's just 18 holes and um you have to shoot a really good round so it's just the pressure is really really high it's really hard to under pressure know that you have one round of golf to to make it happen for yourself so um i tried every single year and you know i really haven't even come close just because the second that (laughs) you realize you're probably not going to qualify it's it it can yeah, uh, you know it's it can be easy to lose focus, but uh, this year, yeah, actually, you know, funny, I got off to a, a bad start. I actually bogeyed the first two holes. It was it was just this past Monday at Indian Hill Country Club at Winneka, Illinois, and bogeyed the first two holes. Ended up making a couple birdies, a couple more bad bogeys, and then finished the front nine two under. And then kind of thought to myself, it's probably going to need to be th- two three under on the back nine to get it done. And uh, so I ended up shooting three under on the back nine and uh, asked my mom in the last hole because I don't like to know the leaderboard because it sometimes it can make me nervous, but you kind of have to know at some point. So yeah. I asked my mom in the last hole. I said, Mom, I knew I was one under par. I said, Mom, do I need to birdie 18? And she said, I don't think so. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I ended up having like an eight foot pup for birdie and I missed it, but then ended up winning outright. I thought that she meant qualifying. I didn't know that she meant winning. So that at least kind of helped. I'm kind of glad that she said, oh, you can make double and still yeah. qualify i probably would have made triple <laughs> yeah so. right because you so she was thinking because how many places qualify so uh, it depends on the the size and the strength of field so at this one uh field is really good field was really big i believe there were like 85 players maybe lots of really good players in there um really great girls as well and so this one four spots so the top four top four mm-hmm. yeah and so you won it so yes <laughs> and then you had a teammate Grace, that's Grace. right. Yes. She finished third? She finished, uh, yes, tie for third. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she's in too. 
So she's into, so Grace and I for sure are going to go to the U.S. Amateur, Women's U.S. Amateur at Bel Air Country Club in Los Angeles. Wow. When is that? <laughs> so that is August 7th through the 13th. Wow. And our teammates, so Megan uh, Fertney, who's actually a grad transfer from Duke, who's transferred mm-hmm. in this year, who Grace and I played junior golf with, so we know her really well. She's from yeah. Illinois. And um, her and Isabella are going to be playing in the Minnesota qualifier coming up here pretty soon. So hopefully they both will get out of that qualifier as well, and all four of us will be go to four Bel Air. golfers out. Yeah, that how that would cool be would great. that be? No doubt, Bel Air. That's a that's a uh, that's a pretty cool course to be out in California too. It, how how uh, much pressure uh, are those kind of tournaments for you? Gosh, well, you know, this will be the highest caliber tournament that I've ever played in. It will be so. It will be difficult to. Um, not have the mentality of I'm just happy to be here for sure because I know for a fact that I'm just going to be really excited to have the experience yeah. but I mean gosh you saw how it works is two days of stroke play and then it goes to match play at the top 64 so it's so difficult to make match play at the U.S. Amateur because it's the top 156 female golfers in the world pretty much people come from all over the world to try to qualify for the USAM sure. that was another girl who came out of our qualifier was like on the Australian national team who wow. came out of Illinois the Illinois qualifier. So basically I'm going to have to really do some mental prep prior to go into the event. Like I'm ready to win. I'm trying to win, not just I'm happy to be here or I'm trying to make match play. Of course, the goal is to try to make match play. But I mean, I think you got to aim for as high as you can. Yeah. And how much can that too help now for you going into your final college season too, just to have that success? Oh gosh. Like I can't even quite explain. The thing about golf is it's so up and down, but the way that it goes for a lot of the best players is at some point in their career, they had kind of a click. Something happened. Maybe it was one good tournament, and then it just completely changed their career. Next thing they know, they showed up to every single event with a little bit more swagger, a little bit more confidence, just a little tighter game. So I think that coming off the U.S. Amateur in August, I'm definitely going to be feeling ready to go for the college season. Yeah, you're right. And I think even like uh, the PGA men, um, when you see a a player win for the first time an event, um, it isn't too much longer that they wait they'll win again usually right like you win one you win again because it you get through that barrier tony fina who won the 3m last year Uh then was like a week or two later one in detroit he's in detroit this week as we record trying to defend that and then he'll be back and out in blaine trying to defend the 3m how about denny mccarthy who was in the playoff for uh at the memorial and then just the next week he next thing you know he's like in the lead again and he you know he hadn't really done anything for a while that's all it takes all it takes is you know just Maybe it's one good tournament. Maybe it's one good round. That's yeah. kind of how it goes for golfers. For sure. He was in the thick of it at the Travelers, right? Exactly. I think exactly. This, this past weekend. And so uh, we, we mentioned broadcast and we mentioned golf. You have combined those two as well, broadcasting and golf, in a lot of different ventures. You've got a podcast. Tell us about that. Yes, sir. So I started doing a podcast uh, in the winter of my junior year, uh, Five Clubs Golf. So, so beyond honored to be a part of it. So I do it with uh, Gary Williams, who was on Golf Channel, did the morning drive for um, 10 years. And, uh, also Jay Billis has his own segment. Jay Billis is ESPN basketball. Yeah, basketball guy, so, yeah. um, he has a segment that he does as well. So Gary has a segment, uh, he has a lot on a lot of professional golfers and different guests kind of throughout the game. And I generally stick to college golf, but I've branched out a little bit and done some other things as well. You've interviewed a couple of big names, right? I, I have. Yes, I have. Tell us about that. And there, I, I, I saw the one earlier today, uh, and I'm, I got it on my, watch list now i gotta oh. go watch that uh bryson dechambeau That's you, right. you uh, had, it looked like an hour-long podcast sure was tell and us about it yeah i mean gosh like cannot thank 
Bryson enough for coming on the podcast. Really, it was so it was so great, and he was really really great. He's such a huge figure in the game of golf. Just everything that he's done, um, he's definitely uh, just one of the most popular, one of the most influential figures. He's really been a pioneer and just like so much of what he's done and his different philosophies and different things that he's tried and all the success that he's had. And um, definitely someone that I knew that a lot of people would want to hear from. So, you know, the way that it worked is I kind of, uh, we got in touch over social media and um, I asked him if he'd be interested in coming on my podcast and he said, sure, let's make it work, which is just honestly really nice of him considering I'm sure he gets, I'm sure he gets interview requests all the time, yeah. all the time. Any, any journalist would love to have at least a quote from Bryson DeChambeau to put in their next article. So the fact that he came on for an hour-long podcast with me and, you know, I was just so, so happy with the way that it went uh, just says a lot, really. And then you have talked with Jason Day um, and you're going to do some other stuff with 3M this this uh, month or this next month, right? That's right, yeah. So I filmed some, some footage and content with Jason Day last year. Coolest guy on the planet. Huge J-Day fan just after working with someone. You know, after you work with uh, some professional athletes or some certain people, it's funny how you can like become a fan of them right, just right. based on how cool they are. And I'm telling you, he was so nice. He was so cool, so gracious. He actually had like a hard stop in the middle of one of our uh one of our uh session i mean it was one session but in the middle of one of our videos that we yeah. were filming he had a hard stop and uh agent came up and said sorry guys jason's gotta go and jason said whoa, whoa no let's finish it we're gonna finish it and i was like wow how yeah. cool is that just yeah. so so nice and it was so much funny so much fun to work with so um yeah very fortunate tournament director mike welch great guy yeah. 3m open i pretty much just work with him on all the little jobs that I can do at the, the 3M Open. I got to hit balls with Annika Sorenstam. That was like freaking so <laughs> surprise that like wasn't even really meant to happen and just kind of happened. So um, so excited to work there again again this year. Yeah. Well, where can people find the Five Clubs podcast? <laughs> so the, you can find the Five Clubs podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and I think that's it. Yeah, pretty but much wherever you Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere you can find any of your other podcasts, you can likely yeah. find five clubs golf. So you've, you've got another season of Gopher Golf. What do you think? Um, where do you think you'll be in five years? What do you think? Where, where do you see this? Oh my goodness. whole thing going? Come on, that's the hardest the question. I wouldn't know how. I wouldn't know how. I don't know how to answer it now for me either. But um, what, what would you know? What, what is your you know? Where do you think your future? I can holds? give you a dream. I yeah. can give you a dream. So um, I will not be pursuing a professional golf career after school. Um, I probably actually will continue to work through social media a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely enjoyed that as long as I kind of I keep it minimal. Um, social media, I mean, people, props to people who work through social media. It's a full-time job. It yeah. is definitely difficult. I, you know, I, I try to take on little deals here, here and there. Um, I've worked a lot with Second Swing and, you know, I, I absolutely love it, but it's definitely, it, it can be difficult to keep up with. Um, but so I, I would like to continue to work in continue working through social media a little bit, um, a lot on the golf aspect. And then uh, ideally, you know, I'm. it's so, so competitive, sports casting is, I'm just going to kind of take whatever I can get. That's kind of the attitude that I had coming into it in school and probably going to be the attitude that I have when I finish you know just wherever I can get my foot in the door I'm really pleased but you know definitely a dream would be 
at some point, maybe hired by a network or by a team. Uh, Amanda Balionis Renner, what she does, you know, she works she's for so CBS. Good. How good is she? Yeah. She's so good. Yeah. I met her. She's so cool. Too. Like her, like when she does interviews, her smile is just like right away um, puts, I think, the person she's interviewing at ease. Because sometimes those interviews aren't always easy because yeah, you're interviewing a like guy who just bogeyed to lose the right. tournament. And right. she's a, she has an ability... Uh, you know, she's, I think she's so warm yeah. and so like easy to talk to. And like, I know for me, part of the reason why I wanted to get an interviewing is funny because I want to like do interviewing, but I also really love play by play where I yeah. don't really interview anybody. Yeah. Um, but you know, just like, like genuine human connection is just like something that you can't fake, you yeah. know? And like, I know that, um, especially like being an athlete myself and like, being able to relate to a lot of the people that I've interviewed on my podcast and things like that. Um, I just think that that that's really special and definitely watching Amanda and and how, um, you know, just her class and everything, the way that she carries herself and the way that she treats people is definitely something to look up to. She was good in the full swing series too. Did you watch it? Yeah. 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 You know, I didn't actually watch all of it, but I watched most of it, parts of it here and there. She was kind of one of the people they would interview as part of it to shed more light on different stories and right. stuff. So she was great. And so she prepares like, no, she knows everything. She do, prepares do, like would you, else. so are you thinking you want to stay in golf broadcasting or because you've been good in other things, would, would you branch out too? I absolutely love volleyball. I yeah. sure do. Um, volleyball, I would say has been my favorite sport to call. It's just been so yeah. much fun. Um, but I definitely have the most insight in golf. So, yeah. you know, kind of like I said, I'm, I'm happy to do wherever I have yeah. an opportunity. Gosh, I will take it and I'll, be extremely excited about it and yeah. I'll I'll make sure that I do the absolute best job I can. So um, I guess we'll have to see. It's great. Well, the future's bright, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, well, that's really kind of you to say. We will. Um, can we have you back on the podcast at some point? Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? I love this. Excellent. So anytime. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll do that. And um, sometimes stop up in our football broadcast booth during the season if you want. I say would hi. love that. Yeah, love that. In. All right. Great. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me today. Emma Carpenter, gopher women's golfer and broadcaster and winner of the Lisa Byington Award for this year, episode 76. That's Gopher golfer Emma Carpenter. What a talent and what a bright future. I hope you enjoyed hearing from her as much as I did. When we come back, we'll play back four quickie interviews I did with four native Minnesotans playing men's basketball for the Gophers. That's next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utech, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. Hi, Gopher fans. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on lights. We switch TV channels. We switch on the TV. And with the new transfer portal, some college students even switch colleges, which can seem crazy to us diehard fans. But what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today. My team is ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood and show you it is, in fact, easy to switch and save. When you want the real deal, check us out at champlininsurance.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome back to episode number 76 of the Go Gopher podcast. 
The Gopher men's basketball team helped make great memories for hundreds of local youth this week by taking part in the Create a Memory event at Target Field. I stopped by the Major League Ballpark myself to see what was happening and chatted with four Minnesotans on the current roster. We'll now hear from them in succession. Dawson Garcia, Parker Fox, Pharrell Payne, and Braden Carrington. With Dawson Garcia, we're at Target Field. Uh, you guys are taking part as a team in a great community outreach program called uh, Make a Memory for uh, a lot of young kids who don't often get to experience Target Field. You'll be sharing some field time with them here. Um, you did this last year as well. What do you remember about last year's event? I just remember we had a great time uh, interacting with the kids and just everybody that came out to the event. You know, it's a, it's a great opportunity for us as the Gopher men's basketball team just to come out here and um, give thanks and give back to the community because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And, you know, we couldn't be more thankful and fortunate for the support of um, our fans and um, whoever's out here. And then when you get a chance to see young kids who might need a little boost or might uh, get a kick out of seeing you as a big, tall 6'11", basketball player what kind of what kind of satisfaction do you get out of that maybe helping a young kid honestly it's a big time satisfaction that's a big reason why I do this you know just being able to brighten somebody else's day and uplift somebody else because I remember once being a kid and looking up to um, people and just a just a small word or a look or a smile really went a long way so I try to keep that in mind and come out here and just have fun with these kids you know, the organizers here were saying you guys stayed longer than almost anybody last year uh, signing autographs and helping the kids out and I assume that's the plan as we're just getting ready to start the event this year here at Target Field, uh, the plan again today. Of course, yeah, I think we're all excited to be out here. Uh, it's not just something, you know, it's not something that the coaches are making us do. It's all something that we want to be out here and doing. So we're all looking forward to it, and uh, it's going to be a good night. Now, were you much of a baseball guy growing up in the Prior Lake Savage area? I was. I actually played baseball for a long time um, in my childhood up until, like, the high school um, time, but so I love baseball. I don't watch a lot of it anymore, but I still love to play it. Is it kind of cool being out here, uh, growing up here, out in Target Field for your for yourself too? Yeah, it is super cool. I was a little kind of starstruck last year, but it's cool seeing it again this time around. What position did you play when you were growing up playing ball with uh, with, with I assume the Prior Lake youth? Yeah, I played uh, third base, first base, and then outfield. With as a lefty, you're kind of limited, right? I'm actually right-handed. Oh, you're right-handed when you yeah, throw. I do everything right-handed except for shoot bat, shoot a basketball. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's pretty. That's an interesting little sidebar. All right, well, let's talk about how your uh, summer's going here as we're into the summer school period, and you guys can well work out some uh, with each other, certainly, and then with coaches at times, and then you get into the weight room as well. How's the summer going up to this point? Summer's going really good. You know, I'm really excited about our team, all working hard, really hard right now, and uh, we got a chip on our shoulder. What um, what kind of things for you personally, because you finished, you, you obviously suffered the injury up at Michigan last year, and then when you came back, I don't know, it was an eight or nine game stretch, you were really at a different level in terms of what you were producing. What um, what this summer do you work on to continue to grow and to, to make that uh, a regular part of your game now every night? Yeah, I really just say be in detail with my work each and every day. I'm going to come in and give the same effort and attitude every single day. So now it's just really challenging myself to be consistent with my numbers as well. And then as you look at it, I talked to Coach Johnson late last week, and he talked about I asked him that same question, what do you want to see from Dawson? And he said that he just wants to see that, you know, 
every night, just a, a consistent guy. Kenna said back he remembered that he thinks you have the ability, like Jordan Murphy, he knew what he was getting every night. Do you, do you kind of look at that as a challenge from the head coach? Yeah, I definitely look at it as a challenge, um, but a challenge that I'm looking forward to. All right, how about some of these newcomers? What do you see from, uh, you got some transfers coming in, some new freshmen that you're getting to know, I suppose, as a teammate now? Yeah, you know, I've been I've been super excited to see the work they've been putting in so far. They've all came in with great attitudes, working hard, and um, all of them shown different things on the floor thus far, and I'm super impressed with each and every single one of them. I was at an event in Rochester earlier in the in the month, I guess it was in, in June, and um, they wanted me to talk. It was a quarterback club, so I said, all right, well, I'll talk some football. So I gave him like 20 minutes of football and opened up for questions, and almost every question ended up being about go for basketball. So obviously people have a passion for basketball around the state. What do you tell fans about what they can expect to see when you guys, uh, you know, hit the court here uh, come November? Yeah, no, I think that's a great thing, especially, you know, we haven't had the most success in the past couple years, but, you know, oftentimes when people ask that question, you know, we can say what we want and, you know, it's probably going to go in one ear out the other because we haven't had the most success. But at the end of the day, um, just tune in and we're going to give it our all. And uh, I'm sure looking forward to a winning season for sure. Is it new? I guess it is new in terms of an experience for you to be returning because you started with your one year at Marquette and the coaching change you moved on to Carolina and then on to the Gophers. So for the first time in your college career, you're coming back to a, a system and a, and a culture that you're used to. How much can that help? Uh, you in development and you just in terms of getting ready for a season? I think that can be really scary in a good way, honestly. And um, just going back to your past question, too, it's like nothing that we, nothing that people say outside of the noise is really going to, good or bad, is going to affect the way that we need to approach each and every single day for us to have the most success possible. So um, just, you know, looking forward to it. And like you said, this is my first time where I'm, um, you know, like a situation where I'm coming back for the second year and I'm really looking forward to it because I feel like it's just um, – just knowing the system and being able to um, know all the reads in and out is going to be big time. And now you're one of the old guys, right? Time flies, right? You're probably like, God, how did we get here already? But uh, how much of a leadership role now do you want to take on? Yeah, I've always I've always been a kind of led by example, um, just my work and the work I put in. But I really want to step up, become more of a vocal leader. Just feel like I feel like I have that in me as well. And so just challenging guys, pushing guys uh, to limits that they didn't know uh, they had. Just just because that's how you really um, get that team camaraderie is if you are all all in it together and you reach that next level as a team. Well, we don't want to wish the summer away because it's a, it's a fun time of year to, to get a little time off. But I also want to say I can't wait till November gets here to start watching you guys again. Of course. Appreciate you. All right. Very good. There he is, Dawson Garcia. Parker, how's the summer going? Summer's going good. Yeah, it's uh, we've got a great group of guys coming in, um, obviously returners from last year. Um, and then the, the new guys we added, um, great pieces to our locker room, uh, great character kids. Um, everybody comes from uh, good backgrounds and, and uh, coming into the locker room and, and just wanting to to join one common goal which is which is winning basketball games so um, I think you know credit to coach Johnson and the staff uh, with the way um, you know this new kind of college world has gone with the, the transfer portal and um, you know having to having to get kids from different places it's, it, it's tough sometimes to to know what kind of kid you're getting um, but it's been awesome the the way the transition has been just seamless and uh, with the new guys we brought in um, they've been awesome uh, they bought into the, the team mentality and uh, we're just trying to 
just push through that for the rest of the summer and um, get to know each other better. You know, I think it's the biggest thing, um, especially in this day and age in college basketball where you're adding different pieces uh, from different teams and all this kind of stuff to the transfer portal. Um, it's you still got to have a connected locker room. Um, so that's kind of been my biggest my biggest goal this summer is, um, you know, obviously basketball and that kind of stuff is, you know, no doubt we're going to be a part of that. But um, just getting the guys in and, and just creating relationships and creating friendships and um, being able to trust one another because once you get on the court, uh, I feel like that's one of the most important things. So um, only two and a half weeks in now, but it's been it's been effortless and it's been it's been fun. And I know Ben last week talked a little bit about um, because of the roster is now bigger than it has been the last couple of years. It, he's concentrating a lot on group workouts, not full team workouts, just to do some specific drills and stuff. Have you found that to be helpful? Yeah, for sure. I think um, you know anytime you can work on your game and, and become a better basketball player, um, it's it's vital. You know, especially uh, for me coming back from from two injuries, um, just being able to you know not overwhelm myself with the big gym full of people and just be able to get in and you know I will work a lot with Coach Thorson uh, and Ben and just be able to just work on my game and get some of those touches back. Um, you know, you lose some stuff through injury and, and it's stuff that you don't even like, you don't even think about. You know, you shoot a layup and you're like, you might have missed it. You're like, how did I miss that? You know, but it's just, you need those continuous reps and you need those things to um, to eventually just, you know, it's it's going to become second nature like it like it was back in the past. So, yeah, it's been great to just work with some of the bigger guys. we got Big Jack in now too and then work with Pharrell. And, um, you know, Pharrell is, he's just, he's such a good kid. He's, he's always listening. And um, that's what I appreciate most from him because I'm able to, to help him with some stuff and then, you know, vice versa, he's able to help me. You know, obviously, quite a few years younger than me, but, you know, at the same time, if he, he sees anything that I don't, you know, you, you appreciate that kind of feedback and you bounce that off each other, and I think that's one thing we do really well is we're just able to bounce those ideas off one another, and, and it's been great, yeah. I would think going against two big bodies like that can help you get used to what life will be like in the Big Ten, too. Yeah, for sure. You know, you're exactly right. There's, you know, it's a lot of contact and it's a lot of physical play, and uh, I'm a player that predicates my game off of contact and physical play, and, um, you know, being able to go against two guys like that who um, you are know, the, the definition of physicality uh, is a lot of fun so we're getting better every single day and we're pushing each other and uh, you know just being great teammates. Well whenever I get into a discussion about basketball and go for basketball especially one of the first questions that comes up is you know how are Parker uh, and, and Isaiah going to be what do you know and I'm like I'm not sure you know you just never know so I'll ask you how, how, how do you think you guys are going to be? We're going to be great <laughs> we're going to be great no we, we work too hard to not be great um, you know I think I speak for Isaiah too and I say this is you know we spent so much time um, working at this thing and and um, I think anybody that's gone through this thing, they, they kind of have two routes they can go down. You know, they can put your head down and kind of be, you know, disheartened and, and sad and, and, you know, feel bad for yourself. Or you can, you know, you can take the other road and, and say, I'm going to work work my tail off to, to be the best I can be. And, and whatever comes from it, comes from it. And I think um, having that attitude has, has helped me a lot because uh, you never know when this thing's going to end, right? And, I, you know, I've been fortunate through two injuries to have a coaching staff and have people stick by my side. Uh, but you never know when the ball's going to stop bouncing, whether it's an injury or whether it's, you know, life comes up in general. And um, so I'm just taking every great day uh, as a blessing, uh, trying not to take anything for granted um, and just working my tail off to, to be the player I was, if not better. When you uh, work like that and put effort in, do you put a timeline in your mind and when you want to be able to, okay, get 100% contact, play in a game, all that stuff? Yeah, I, mean, I think you do. But I think at the end of the day, um, it's less about that. And it's more about um, just every single day, like what, what, what how, how, how you made yourself better each day, right? And, and was I better than the day before? Um, and, you know, you, you let the trainers and you let the professionals deal with the rest of the stuff. Um, but my approach is just 
you know, giving all I got for that day, um, reevaluating at night, saying, yeah, I gave it what I had. Let's go to bed. And, you know, let's do it all over again the next day. So, um, but no, the time timetable was um, there isn't you know a specific um, thing when it comes to that. We let the professionals deal with that. Uh, but we just wake up every day and, and we just try to get better, and uh, we're just blessed that we you know get to do that every single day. Can't wait to watch. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for having me. Well, for all, first of all, uh, this is kind of a cool event, a unique event. Um, uh, is it kind of cool for you to be out here on the Target Field turf as well, uh, getting ready to uh, take part in helping some young kids uh, have a have a great day? Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to be out here. I'm thankful I get the opportunity to be out here. First of all, um, uh, from last year, I remember it was a really cool like thing to do with the kids, play with the kids, talk to the kids. It was, it was really nice, and I'm excited to be here. Let's talk about uh, how your summer is going. You finished the season. Well, you really had a good year all year long, but then finished strong as well. I remember some of those games in the Big Ten tournament where you were part of a focal point of the offense. What kind of things here in the summer are you working on to, to take that step forward and push uh, to another level even? Um, some things that I'm working on, some big things, is like definitely getting up the IQ and being more patient within our offense. And on the defensive side, on the defensive side being able to call out like those screens and help, those are the main things I'm working on. What's the summer like now for you after you've been through it once last year when you were probably new and wide-eyed and now maybe you got a little more comfort uh, around you? What, what's the summer like for you in terms of uh, getting to know teammates and getting the work done on the court and in the weight room? I feel like that's this summer is definitely new because every single year I gain a new set of teammates because last year um, there's only two returners and this year we gained a couple young guys and then a couple uh, transfers. So it's definitely Cecily, something new to get used to them and like gain a relationship, but it's been pretty cool so far. Getting well of it. What kind of uh, uh, gains do you think this team can make from last year? It was obvious by the end of the year you guys were playing at a, at a better level than maybe at the start as you're getting used to it. Now you're mixing some new names and faces in. So what, what do you think the gains can be here for the fall? I know it's a ways away yet and there's a lot of work to be done, but what, what are you looking forward to when you, when you put a vision together in your head? I think definitely coming in, before coming into the season, we're going to definitely win some games. We're going to shock some people. With the new people we have, we got to – infinite skill set. That's what I feel like it's going to be. I feel like we're going to definitely make a big impact in the Big Ten. What about the uh, newcomers? What can you tell us about that group? Um, definitely super energetic group. Even like from practices to the weight room, like everyone's super energetic and that's the type of energy like we need around our team. It's a great set of kids. Can you see what they'll be like on the court yet? I know that's a lot of individual work you're doing, but even maybe you get a little bit of a chance to scrimmage or something? From the little scrimmages that we have, we're going to be a fast team. We're going to definitely push the pace next season. How exciting is that for you? Because I know there were times where you probably, uh, as a team, wanted to run a little more last year. But with kind of the way the schedule was unfolding, I know Ben would put the brakes on it a little bit. Are you excited to, to maybe be more up-tempo? Yes, I'm definitely excited to push the ball because now we have depth. We definitely have everyone back, and um, I'm super excited. And then last one for you, um, we talk about taking that step. And I, I think I just saw something, you were the fifth or sixth. That, 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 you know, everyone's putting out ratings this time of year that you're the fifth or sixth best big man in the Big Ten now. And do you look at any of that stuff? Does that offer motivation? Does that all offer, offer inspiration? Or do you just kind of zero in on what you want to do? Um, I don't. I definitely don't look at those type of things because I feel like it can make you gain like a big head, and that's definitely not what we need on our roster. So I just kind of like um, I just kind of come in with the same mindset that I need to get better and work hard every day. Well, Brayton, uh, how's the summer uh, been going for you and the team here? It's been really going really good. You know, I'm having a lot of fun. Um, I feel like I'm getting more confidence from you know the the last couple games of the season. You know, and going into the summer, I kind of went in full head of steam, and 
uh, my body's feeling great, team's looking great, so it's going to be a fun year for sure. What's your comfort level like now as a guy that has a year under his belt, maybe compared to when you probably came in as a, a wide-eyed freshman? Um, yeah, I'm definitely a lot more confident. Um, you know, this year, uh, being that all of our guards transferred out uh, for spring workouts, I was the only guard here. So when, uh, like, Mike, Elijah, and Cam, they all came in, I was kind of like, I guess you could say, like, the older guy in, in a sense. Um, so kind of like, you know, just being a leader in the guard group um, and just being more vocal than I was last year. You know, I feel like I could have a bigger role this year. I just got to kind of step up and, you know, be more of a leader. Um, in terms of, you mentioned you're feeling good, your body's feeling good. You had, it seemed like last year, every time you got a little traction, then, you know, a little bump or bruise would come up and you'd miss a game or two or even more than that. Um, how, how are you feeling physically and how important will it be uh, to, to get that traction and then keep a hold of and hopefully stay healthy for the year? Yeah, I've been feeling great. Um, you know, obviously got some bumps and bruises, but that's part of basketball, you know. But this summer and this offseason, like spring and now summer, I've been working really hard, you know, make sure that my body's 100% or at least the best that I can be is just stay on the court so I'm ready. Are there any specific skill sets this summer that you want to work on, you know, more than maybe others? Um, I kind of say I want to just become a better defender overall. Um, I feel like when I was healthy and I was, you know, playing at my best, you know, I was a pretty solid defender, but I feel like I can be one of the better uh, defending guards in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, I think Ben's talked about that in the past, too, that one of the things that he was attracted to was your intensity on defense and commitment to it. So do you kind of take that as a as a challenge, too, to, to prove your coach right in that regard? Oh, yeah, for sure, because last year, you know, coming in, it was probably like, oh, just a shooter, nothing much. And honestly, in high school, I don't I don't know if I took defense that serious, but when I got here, like I kind of took it as a challenge, and I kind of like I started liking it more, and you know, it just kind of became my thing now. And then I also thought late in the year you you took on maybe a newer attitude in terms of like you were gonna not get pushed around, you were gonna kind of set a tone. Do you feel like that was as the year went on, you wanted to take that role on too? Yeah, definitely. I mean, once you get as a freshman, you know, like you're trying to adjust, you know, it's and when you start Big Ten season, like it's it's a different monster, especially coming from Minnesota basketball. It's 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 crazy different. So, you know, as the year came, uh, kept going, you know, like, obviously you don't want to be the, the freshman that just gets pushed around because you'll be a, a, a liability out there. So, you know, you just kind of just got to go out there with the mindset, like, you kind of, you know, like, you're not a freshman anymore. So, you know, you just got to kind of keep playing and, and not let somebody punk you. Last year, I know the wins didn't come as in as high frequency as you guys probably all wanted. So as fans are watching and hoping, what, what kind of things do you think this team, and look, it's a long ways away and you guys want to have the summer and we're not wishing anything away. I can't wait for November to get here, that season to start. But that said, what kind of things, where do you think this team can take a step and how good can it be, do you think? Um, I think we're going to make a big step just honestly everywhere. You know, um, obviously we're getting Parker Isaiah back. Um, hopefully I'll be healthy. You know, like we'll have a lot more bodies. So we can run more, you know. Our offense will look will look a lot differently, uh, you know, because just because we have uh, a deeper bench, you know. I think that was probably our biggest problem is we just didn't have much guys that could come in and, ha and help us, you know. So I'm really looking forward. I think there will be a lot more wins this year. Very good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. There they are, Garcia, Fox, Payne, and Carrington, along with their teammates doing great things in the community. I'm looking forward to the upcoming season. The Go Gopher podcast episode 76 was presented by Sunbelt Business Advisor and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or TNN.
www.affinityfinancialfund.ma.com. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned, full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. They have a top-ranked mobile app as well, and we're thrilled they're with us, as always, here on the Go Gopher Podcast. We're also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and right now, click that subscribe button to the Go Gopher Podcast. It's free to subscribe and free to listen. And please share the link of the podcast with others so they can subscribe and listen as well. We'll talk again next week.